0: one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome back here to Strength the Strength. It's a real, real blessing to be with you again um, for this special event. So uh, as you know, <clears throat> we were together this morning uh, for a talk with Brother Arthur um, on how you can help others, particularly talking of church leaders and those in in areas of influence and authority. So I wasn't able to be on this morning, but I heard, heard good things about that call, uh, talk this morning. And this afternoon, our topic is sexual addiction. Get help for yourself. And so I'm, I'm really um, anticipating this, this talk with Arthur. Um, sexual addiction, uh, definitely is, is part of my past and, um, um, definitely know that it's, uh, it's something that all of us As humans, as some more, some less uh, struggle in these areas. And so I'm excited to see this talk, this particular topic being engaged here on Strength to Strength. The goal of Strength to Strength is to be part of advancing God's kingdom. And one of the ways that we can do that is by exposing the lies of the devil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about that, I thought of a verse here in Psalm in Psalm um, eleven or in the Septuagint, which I'm reading from is Psalm 10, verse 3 says this for the things you created, referring to God, they they destroy, referring to evil men. But what but what does or what did the righteous men do? And it's somewhat a, a rhetorical question, but earlier in that passage, the psalmist is is saying how. The sinners, they stretch their bow, they go out at night and they shoot the upright heart. They're out to trip up the righteous and they and they they destroy the things that God has created. Notice they're not they're not the creators. Mm -hmm. They're the destroyers. Mm -hmm. And what does a righteous man do? And the psalmist ends here in verse seven saying, well, just proclaiming this, this incredible truth. The righteous Lord, the righteous Lord loves righteousness. His face beholds the upright. So I'm sorry if you're hearing a saw in the background. My neighbor's sawing over here with his, uh, with his, uh, handsaw. So, um, but yeah, the righteous Lord loves the righteous. His face beholds the upright. And so before we get started with this important talk, let's just bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to the creator, the creator of the heavens, the creator of the earth, the creator of humanity, the one who created in us in perfection. And we looked, we were just amazed by how you have created us, how you've created the universe. And it brings us to worship many times. And Father, we're here to acknowledge this afternoon, um, as the psalmist says, uh, if the foundations are destroyed, what should the righteous do? And we want to proclaim today that we we are we're, we're going to run to you to the righteous lord who loves the uprighteous and who and who notices um, us so father um guide us and and direct us lord here today bless brother arthur as he speaks father pray that you would remove any fear of man father that you would remove anything that the evil forces uh would have against this talk remove that bring us good internet connectivity uh, for not only Arthur but all the rest that are listening in And Father is anybody here that sh- that should be here if it was not here that should be here, Father, that you would remind them of this talk, that you would bring this to mind, bring this in front of them that could be here and listen to this. So Father, we we uh look to you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> all right. So just in a couple seconds, Brother Arthur, I'll turn it over to you. Um just a reminder to everyone that's here. Um we do. We, we, you have been submitting questions to us. And we thank you for that. Um, uh, we do have quite we do have a list of questions, but feel free to submit any, any question that comes to mind and we'll see if we can't at least catch the theme of it. So there are a couple ways you can do that. For those of uh, those of you who are here online, um, you can just go to the chat button and, and, and submit that via the chat or you can actually email us here, too. Um, um at contact, I believe, at strength to So if you're on a call in line, have access to email, you can email us here, like I said, strength to strength um at I'm sorry, contact at strength to strength, uh, dot org. Uh, we'll try to like I said, we'll try to compile those and uh Glenn and I will be are moderating the call here this afternoon. So we'll be submitting those questions as something we do for our events um kind of help condense and and get as much out of these times as we can so all right um back to you brother arthur all yours god bless you thank you very much
1: i'm going to share my screen here in a moment um i want if if somebody asks uh a a tough technical question i may not may not be able to answer your, your question I'm here speaking from personal experience and having worked with a lot of men, and so I'm glad to share what I, what I have. I think it will be helpful to all of us. What I want to share now is, uh, the things that I've learned about how to get help for yourself. <clears throat> and as a, as a simple reflection, I just thought we would look at, at Luke 8 where Jesus talks about the four, four kinds of soil. Some people call it the parable of the sower. Um but it's really four different kinds of people, and I want to think about that as it relates to um, to finding sexual freedom. You know about the the those by the wayside are the distracted and forgetful the ones that uh I guess i don't need this, and they forget it and it 's gone and then there's those on the rock uh they start well. But uh I didn't think it would be so hard. I guess I I guess I won't do it after all. And then there's the fellow among Thorns who get busy and um uh they get so busy that other activities crowd out what they're what they're uh doing and they lose focus and they don't go on. And then there's the good ground people who are um, consistent, patient, and persistent. So my reflection, my thought for you is I wonder where you come in as you think about those four different kinds of people and about getting well, uh, are you a by-the-wayside, a rock, a thorn, or a good ground? Let's pray. Father, we want to consecrate this time to you. I want to share what I've been learning. I just want to ask in Jesus' name that you would open the way before us, that that we could uh, connect well with what you are teaching us, and uh, you would receive honor and glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I do, like I said, I um, since July a year ago, I do this full-time. I talk to men on Zoom who uh, are struggling. They can't get, they can't find freedom by themselves. They ask me to help them.
2: I meet with them one hour per week, and uh, I'm teach them the things that I'm going to teach you today. I want to be sure that everybody understands <clears throat> that holiness is my goal
1: i by holiness, I mean no lustful thoughts, no masturbation, no pornography, no pre porn <clears throat> I have men who don't watch porn anymore, but they still kind of try to get close to the edge and uh see something, and it's the same thing in jesus's eyes uh it it's the same thing, no sexual acts with another with anyone other than my spouse uh <clears throat> i have Borrowed a phrase from someone else. Unwanted sexual behavior. I call it USB. The men that I talk with, I just want you to know that if, if that slips into the conversation today, I'm not talking about uh, this is not a sneaky way to avoid calling unwanted sexual behavior. And that is not a way of calling sexual sin uh something that's not sin. So if you hear me talking about unwanted, uh, USB, I'm talking about um the same things that you are. I have the same goal that you do. I just want to talk about the men that come to me so that you understand that I'm talking about the my experience more than a thousand hours uh, with men is these kinds of men. It's possible that, you know, people who are still enjoying what they're doing. You may you may know people who uh, don't want to give it up, but that's not the kind of people that I talk to. I talk to men who are profoundly disturbed, they're upset, they say, I can't stop and I need help. So that's the, the people that I talk to, and that's the basis for what I want to share with you today. So most of the people that I talk to are people who have uh, experienced early exposure uh, with no guidance. Uh, in other words, they happened onto something and it... um Yeah, it happened. They happened onto something. something. It could be a magazine. It could be something on their phone, on their dad's phone or whatever. They struggle with masturbation and pornography, usually in secrecy, some adultery and fornication. Uh, I just want you to know that it normally gets worse. I've talked to I work with a lot of men who didn't struggle that much in their teens and then in their 20s. And and even after they're married, it gets worse. They're past the initial thrills. They understand that USB is robbing them of the life that they're longing for. They're grieved. They don't want to do this, but they don't know how to stop. It. And they, like you, um, they embrace what the Bible says about, uh, fornic- uh, about fornication, about uh, masturbation, about uh, pornography. They say it's wrong. They don't want to do it, but they don't know how to stop. And they haven't been able to be successful with accountability. Uh, this is statistics that I looked at a couple weeks ago. A little bit over half were married, a little bit over half were under 35. Um, 56% reported crossing their boundaries less frequently than every two weeks. That was a surprise to me. Some of them are, are the people that I work with. Uh, they might be messing up about uh, maybe every three weeks. I, I'm, I'm sorry, three times a week. But. I was surprised that, that a lot of them don't mess up uh, more than, than uh, every two weeks. But what I want to say is they are still experiencing the consequences of uh, a life that's, yeah, it's not going well for them. Um, they've tried all that know, know what to do, and it hasn't worked. They can't get free. They've lost confidence in, in themselves and in God because nothing is working. <clears throat> Their relationship isn't healthy, at least not as healthy as it is after they start making progress. They're desperate, want to change. They're willing to be brutally honest. They're willing to pay someone to, to give them to help them. I get to see men who have a distant relationship with God I get to see them change and move toward God, and I love it.
2: I want to talk about fences, and by fences,
1: I mean uh, things that we can do to try to make so that we can't uh, be naughty. Uh, this could be things that parents do, that churches do, or that a desperate person does for themselves. It could be accountability. Uh, it could be blocking Accountability and or blocking software. <clears throat> it can be somebody who avoids a smartphone. <clears throat> Just yesterday, someone told me that they're going to buy, uh, it looks like a smartphone, but it's a, it's a dumb phone. They're still available and he said, this is what I need to do because it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I have to do this. It could be, uh, blocking sites, apps or times of the day that another person has a password it could be regular accountability meetings <clears throat> those are the kinds of things that i'm talking about you might think of more things uh there's benefits in that basically the benefit is that we are uh <clears throat> while we're thinking clearly we're putting things in place to make it hard to be not but there's limitations there's always ways to get around i hear about people using common apps to, to be naughty. And it's, and it's really sad. I'm not going to tell you about <laughs> the things I've learned that people do because there's no sense in me, me, me telling you. <clears throat> but there are ways to get around almost anything. And if our heart's not right, I have, I've been working with a man who would spend an hour or two hours trying to get around the very strict uh filtering systems that his church has put in place. And clearly he is getting sexual gratification from just trying in hopes that he'll be able to he's hoping to anticipate something. <clears throat> um and it's possible to lust without accessing pornography, so it's a big problem. <clears throat> I propose that fences and shaming, using pressure, fear of pure, pure fear of public humiliation and external control kind of work. But I want to suggest that it works with the people who haven't been exposed, had that much exposure and who, uh had strong resolute, uh, they're highly disciplined people. But I say that's not freedom. That's just barely hanging on. And there's a lot of people among us who are deeply wounded and, uh, This kind of thing doesn't work for them. I want to talk about three. My my outline for today is a very simple outline. I want to talk about things that I do to help people stop, things that I do to help them grow in self-awareness, and teaching them dependence on God. I know this is very, very short, but you can't do very much in 40 minutes. There's the above the surface logical and visible reasons why we want to stop. You remember this is a this is a iceberg. Nine tenths of it is underground. There is the visible logical reasons for wanting to stop, and we work with those. <clears throat> <clears throat> so I want to share with you some of the things that I find most helpful in the men that I work with. Um, I have an exercise where I have them draw, where do I draw the line? I want them to define. What is permissible and what isn't permissible? I don't want to be their policeman. I want them to be the ones that decide. So I have a, I have them fill out a paper that says, as far as masturbation, internet, uh, social media, email, TV, whatever. I have them fill out. This is when I have crossed the line. Um, the next is I want them to define for themselves what will be their consequences. And they're not just going to fill those out on a piece of paper. They're going to give it to people around them. This helps put give teeth to it. Self-imposed consequence. uh, It could be uh, I'm going to run three miles in the next 48 hours. It could be I'm going to fast for 24 hours. It's something. It could be I'm not going to have coffee for two weeks. It's that kind of thing that you decide is something that hurts, and you decide – you don't just say that to yourself because you'll talk yourself out of it real quick. But if you tell someone else, it's going to help you. Brace isn't going to make sense to you, but brace is something that uh, <clears throat> that uh, the freedom fight talks about, and I'll talk a little bit more about the freedom fight. Basically, it's a plan for what you're going to do when you're tempted the next time. You're going to be thinking you're thinking certain things. You're going to go to certain scriptures. This is what your what your plan is. so I have them going over those things twice a day, practicing. When I'm tempted, this is where I will go. We talk about program calls, and that means program that I'm calling somebody, not because I'm in crisis, but I'm calling to establish the the relationship so that when I am in crisis, I'll be able to call. I can tell you up front, I'm confident you will not call your friend before you act out, if you don't call them um, before then. Uh, in the moment, bookending. Bookending is probably the most favorite favorite tool that I have, probably the most powerful. Uh, I learned from someone else. It's basically, I'm looking ahead and saying, I see that I'm going to be vulnerable. It might be a trip to Walmart. It might be being in a hotel by yourself. It might be, uh, I have a, I'm going to be alone all day. My wife is gone for the evening, that kind of thing. You recognize it, and then you call or text your friend, and you say, hey, Joe, I think I'm going to be okay, but I recognize that I'm going to be vulnerable between now and 9 o'clock when my wife comes home, so I wanted you to reach out to you, and I'll call you when she gets home and tell you how it went. It's a powerful tool because it helps you to to not be alone. The lie that says nobody needs to know, it won't make any difference, goes out the window. When you know that somebody else knows that you're going to be tempted and you are um, – yeah, when you know that someone else knows, it helps you a lot. Um, this is a new one that I just heard about this week, and I had the privilege of talking to men every week, and uh I'm – I'm a a tools junkie, I guess. Basically, what he said is, um, when you are starting to think fantasy thoughts, fast forward to the consequences. I don't want to be explicit, but this man is starting to think about what it would be like to be with somebody. And so you say, whoa, we're not going there. Let's fast forward to the consequences. If I really did that, what would happen
2: to me? Well, I'd lose, lose my relationship with God. I would, uh, I would, uh, I'd be
1: public shame. I would, you just think about those things and it kind of slows things down for you. One of the big things that people, that I have happened to people is that they, they start to think thoughts like this. I've been good for a while. I think I can relax and uh, not be quite so strict anymore. And I say, whoa. Did you hear what you just said? You are saying that somehow USB, even if it's it's what we call edging behavior, it's not being naughty like you were before, but it's the same kind of thing. And I say, okay, so you are believing at a foundational level, you are believing that somehow USB
2: enhances your life. And uh, it doesn't. So identify and stop edging behavior. We talked about that. Edging behavior is what
1: I call when you're not, you're not being as naughty as you used to be, but you're just trying to get close to the edge to see what you see. And maybe even, maybe even you are, um, uh, hoping to accidentally, this happens all the time, hoping to accidentally be tempted without feeling guilty for having looked for it.
2: We, we need to identify that and say, whoa, this, we don't go there. Uh, we do crash reports. They fill out a very comprehensive uh, report as soon as they can
1: after if they've messed up uh, so that I can identify, help them identify the rituals, the routines and the vulnerable times and places. Uh, they're going to be probably they're going to be feeling emotions. You're going to we're going to be talking about that later. You see, if I can help them say. I have have one man who who has been able to identify that I'm most vulnerable vulnerable in the morning after I've had a good time with my friends at night. I'm feeling lonely because I'm alone in my apartment. That's powerful. That's really good to know because winners anticipate and losers react. So if you know that, you can put a mark on the the calendar. You can remind yourself first thing in the morning, okay, last night I I was – we had a good time at church. I was, felt connected with my buddies. So I need to be careful. And that makes a difference. Recognizing the building blocks and drivers of uh, USB. You'll understand more about that in a moment when I show you a slide. Uh, so afterwards, you're going to implement the consequences because because you told your accountability part. And that that doing the hard thing, whether it's not having coffee for two weeks or running' running for three miles, it kind of soaks in a little bit because what's happening with you is that you are the clear thinking part of your brain that uh understands morality and understands consequences, goes offline, and you start doing things I call a panic, and you don't think about consequences. So after you've run three miles a couple times and you say, eh, I'm not so sure I want to do this, it'll help you. You're going to recognize both and understand both the physical and emotional aspects of addiction. It's easy for us to see this with the drunk who uh, gets used to the good feeling that he gets from the alcohol, but he's doing it because he's he's uh, he lost his job and his wife is upset with him. I'm here to say that the physical part, the sexual uh, feeling, the, the the temptation to chase the dopamine high, the the good feeling that there is. That's the easiest part. It doesn't it's not that hard. It is hard, but. But that's not nearly as hard as the things that you have done to um, hmm, the emotional thing, the way that you use USB to escape hard things. We'll talk more about that. And uh I, I teach them how to avoid the shame cycle so that you – because what tends to happen is that people will mess up, and they're just so devastated. I thought I was past this. I feel so awful. And so what do I do? I can't believe I did it again. And the shame overwhelms them. And they're, they're back and doing it all over again. That's why some men will do, will uh, not be able to stop themselves. They will repeatedly. That's why we call it binging. They will
2: do act out repeatedly because they uh, don't know what else to do. <clears throat> the Freedom Fight, like I told you this morning, the Freedom Fight is both an app,
1: it's a website, and a study guide. It's free. I use this with, with both the men that I mentor, uh, that I'm helping to, to stop, and I use this with the men that I am teaching about how to help others. It's really good stuff. It's the best thing I've found for Anabaptists. If you know about something better, contact me. I won't mind switch, switching. But this is the best thing that I have found. They say they offer this stuff, their content, their app. By the way, this app allows you to form a group and uh to form a chat inside the inside the group. And uh it's really good. <clears throat> so they they offer everything
2: for free, um, but they're hoping that people will um will pay. Uh, when they start to get freedom, because because it it really
1: works. I just want to say something yet. I was going to say it earlier, and I didn't. If you're here and uh, you wonder about the things that I'm teaching, I have no problem with you having a different perspective than I do, because there's so much room. There's so much need out there. We'll
2: never be able to help all the people that need help. And that's why I say. Um, if you're able to help somebody, go for it, because I want you to help people. Uh,
1: what I don't have much patience with is the people who theorize about how you, it ought to be done, but who aren't really helping people. And I propose that the people who are helping each other, helping others, and even if they come from different perspectives, I think as they become more successful and as they cry
2: out to God for help, they're going to move closer and closer together. So I just wanted to share that idea. So we've talked about uh, stopping USB. and I'm going to talk
1: about growing self-awareness. I said that there's 90% under the water, and there is an intuitive and invisible reason why you may not be so sure that you want to stop. And we need to understand that and learn to go to God. So the question for anybody, whether you're a helper or whether you're somebody who needs help, why do men keep going back to the things that they hate? Maybe you are one of these people who says... um, Uh, These people just want to be naughty, and uh, they're lying to me when they say that they hate USB. That certainly is not my experience. I am able to help people who all their lives have, have have been trying to stop, but nothing works. And I see them starting to make progress, and I'm excited about that. And by the way, it is my privilege. It's my joy to be able to listen to somebody and say, you know what? I don't think the problem. Your problem is that you're a sexual pervert. It's not that you are hopelessly oversexed. It's that there's woundedness there, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Here's where I want to talk about the threshold, Um, and this dam represents how much you can take without resorting to unwanted sexual behaviors. <clears throat> so the left side represents painful emotions and difficult situations. The stacked water represents, uh, that how much you can handle. There's lots of men who say, I was doing good. I don't know what happened. I was doing good. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I acted out. I can't believe what I did. Just look at this example. Let's just say that he had, this person has conflicts with other people, maybe his wife, there's church problems. He has, he's going through financial stress. COVID has really, t- uh, has done a lot of damage. He has problems with his boss. His children are disrespectful and all these things are just kind of building up and he's not dealing with it. He's not even aware of it. Men are notorious for not being able to identify what's going on inside. One of the things that I do is every meeting we have, I have them name. Put four words down, four feeling words to help them. It's like a muscle that hasn't been developed. I help them to think about what I'm feeling. And, and <clears throat> in recovery, we say, name it to tame it. And so um, when he's able to identify these things, we might be able to, with a bunch of these, learn how to go to God and actually deal with them so it doesn't keep building up. But what can happen is if you have a lot of things here that are causing problems, you could easily uh, – one more small thing, <clears throat> and just all of a sudden you just feel overwhelmed. I can't deal with this, and you're acting out and doing the things that you hate. I want to talk about three kinds of triggers. Um, I call them sexual, environmental, and emotional. Sexual, that's easy to understand. Uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, I talk about trigger. It's the idea that I was doing fine, I wasn't being tempted, but then something happened and all of a sudden, I just want, I just want that, uh, that feeling. What it really is, is an escape. It's a way of looking the other way instead of facing the hard things head on. Sexual is like a billboard or other ways of just something tempting. That's an issue. But it's not that hard to get away from. <clears throat> environmental is a lot bigger. That Environmental means the ways that you have in the past learned to act out. It's kind of like your routine. I had a man recently who said I was I was at my parents' house. He was young married. He was at his parents' house. There was nobody home, and there was Internet access. And it was kind of like his brain said, oh, I, we know where we're at. We know what happens next. The first time he acted out. The second time he recognized what was going on and didn't act out. He actually called his wife and did the did the um, bookending that I talked about. And when someone, when a man bookends to, with his wife and says, "Honey, I'm at a at a at a place in the past. This has been vulnerable for me, but uh, I just wanted you to know," so that it's a powerful thing. And emotional is the third component that I, that I think about and that we spend a lot of time here because it really is a big deal. I want to talk briefly about this little illustration that I found. I found the, the illustration. Let's say this is you and you're struggling with unwanted sexual behavior. It just feels like it's pounding in on you. It feels overwhelming because you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And I help men to understand the triggers that we talked about. The triggers are things that take me from, I'm at a healthy place, at a good place, to all of a sudden being tempted. And that can happen in a matter of minutes or hours, but it can happen quickly. What we need to do is to recognize what's going on. We need to understand what's, what the meaning is, how our how we've come to believe things. It's usually a, a statement about me. Let's say, for example, I can't think of an example. Then there's, uh, you feel an emotion, and the emotion could easily be a feeling like, uh, oh, I messed up again. I, I guess I'm not good enough. Uh, I'll never get it right. Those are the kinds of emotions that are painful, naturally, and we start acting out. <clears throat> I say that a part of us is getting some value out of USB, or we wouldn't do it. That's not to make anybody feel bad. It's just to recognize that there's something going on. Remember the, the, uh, the example that I gave you of the iceberg? There's something going on under the surface and until we know what's going on, uh, we're going to be doomed to repeat it again and again. The third thing and the most exciting thing is, um, learning to depend on God. This is the most, most important slide in my whole show. I'm going to spend a few minutes here. If you get this, uh, it will be life-changing for you. I say that unwanted sexual behavior is seen at two different levels. I want to be clearly understood that when I walk with men and when I don't ball them out for the mistakes that they're making, it's not because I don't think it's sin, but I know where we're going and I want to help them. So here I say USB on one of sexual behaviors is in at two different levels. Here I have pornography, here I have masturbation, here I have lustful fantasy, here's adultery and fornication. These are the words that the King James uh, uses. So this is stuff, these are actions, these are thoughts, and the Bible clearly condemns it, and I do too. This is sexual desire. But if we only work at this level, I had a man tell ask me a couple weeks ago, he said, We have a we have someone in our church who is who is doing an important role in our church and he keeps messing up it's cyclical it keeps happening again he said arthur when is he going to be able to get on top of that and i said i don't know but i'm going to guess that if he if we just work at this level if we don't understand what's going on underneath we're likely he's likely going to keep repeating it but i said if we can understand what's going on under the surface the the iceberg underneath the surface We're going to understand, if we understand what's going on underneath, it's going to change our way of looking and our success. Here's somebody who's feeling lonely. I don't belong. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm a failure. I'm unlovable. I feel rejected. Uh, life is out of control. I'm bored. I'm stressed. All this kind of stuff. And when that level gets, that level on the dam gets so high, all of a sudden, it hurts too much, and so we escape to good feelings. It is my experience consistent. If I can help guys deal with this stuff down here in a godly way, um, one man told me, my temptations, I can't believe it. My temptations are one-third of what they used to be because I'm dealing with this stuff here, and I no longer need it to face life. We've got to keep going. Here's an example. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't be, don't, uh, be anxious, um, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What am I saying? This is an example of what I talked about. This is an example of anxiety. You know what was happening? I recognize that. I've got it. I, We just say, God, I'm feeling anxious about all these things, but you told me to give it to you, and so I give it to you, and I ask that you would take it over because you said you would. And we can indeed feel peace, and it's a peace that passeth all understanding, both because of the quality of it and because 10 minutes ago I was feeling incredibly stressed out, yet I have learned how to hand it off to God. We can do that kind of thing with all these words with all these words that I have here. We can go to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. I, and we, we say, God, what do you want me to know? I believe that learning how to journal, that's, that's one way of processing this stuff. And the other way is to pray to God. About the emotional distress that we feel, and being able to receive truth from God that changes the beliefs that we act on is the single most important skill that those on their way to freedom need to learn. I see that. I I watch people change from uh out of control USB to begin to make progress, and as they make progress, they settle it, their worlds open up and they begin to understand what's going on. I get to see that, and I love it. I want to talk briefly. I'm watching the clock. I'll I'll, I'll figure out a way to finish. <clears throat> I, I want to talk about jumpstart your freedom. It's something that I'm going to record next month. Um, there was a man who had crossed boundaries, and he needed to work with me desperately. And I had a waiting list. I couldn't work with him during the night. I just felt so burdened. I said, Lord, I have to figure out a way to to help him make progress before I can actually start to work with him. And so I, in two and a half hours, shared with him all the stuff that I've shared with you and more. And um, uh, when I told my advisory board, they said, Arthur, you've got to record that and make it available to people. So I think probably by into into the new year, a couple of months, I think I'm going to be able to have this recorded and you'll be able to purchase a six month access. You'll, you'll be able to listen to that stuff and we'll have common vocabulary and a framework for freedom. At the end of the course, you'll be able to say, this is just what I needed. That's all I need. You might be able, you might set up a few appointments with me or you might want to get on my short waiting list to work with me for approximately eight to 15 months. So I'm saying all that. To say, please get on my mailing list so that you'll learn about this ministry. If you subscribe, you'll immediately get your first email. And then eight more after that, one one week apart, you'll learn when, when Jumpstart becomes available. You'll learn about
2: mentor training, and you'll learn about new resources. I believe with all my heart. That unwanted
1: sexual behavior robs us of our manhood and our ability to sacrifice for others. You see, unwanted sexual behavior is a, I want to feel good now. I don't care about anything else. I just want to escape. So our, it robs us of our ability as men. Part of being a man, part of being an adult is being able to sacrifice for other people, being able to do the next right hard thing, being able to develop skills, being able to make wise choices, uh, be useful for the kingdom. That's all stuff that goes out the window because unwanted sexual behavior is not just about the sinful acts. It's about learning, medicating, and
2: learning to escape from hard things. I'm I'm going to go through this real fast. Our generation has unparalleled, active, active, active,
1: attractive, easy, immediate gratification options like no other in, in the history of the world. And this is stunting us. It's keeping us from being able to grow into healthy, functional adults. So I ask two questions. Is our generation doomed for failure and self-destruction? Where is God in all this? Is he being taken by surprise? I propose that no. I propose that the men that I work with uh, become better than ever men. What happens when you learn to depend on God? What happens when you choose the next right hard thing in the presence of attractive, easy, immediate gratification things? You grow up fast. And that unlearning prepares you for life. I want to say that the life skills that you learn by saying no to USB, by learning how to identify the things, the easy outs, and then going to God and say, God, I'm stressing out. I feel all this stuff. I just want I just want to escape. When we learn to go to God in that, we're going to recognize uh, when you start winning in this area of your life, you become a changed person, and you can start winning in other areas of your, of your life. Look at this. You can recognize other areas. You, you'll be able to do an inter, inner census and say, I'm at a good place now. I, I'm safe. We learn how to go to God. We learn how to no longer allow shame, isolation, and hiding to ruin our lives. We, Even when life is hard, we learn not to panic. We keep our clear-thinking adult brain in charge of our decision-making, and we learn to stay on task. I want to pray with you. Lord, we've rushed through this, but I pray that you will take our five loaves and two fishes, and that you will give
2: men who are struggling, who are just Desperate and don't know what to do next. I pray that they will have greater understanding and
1: they will know how to identify what's the under the surface things that are happening. Learn how to go to you and be able to,
2: in dependence on you, do the next right hard thing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you
0: so much, Brother Arthur. Um, your your heart for this is touching, and your uh the way you're stewarding your 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 talents and your gifts to to lean into this and fight for the souls of men is beautiful. Thank you. And touching. And also, you're doing it for more than that. Um, you end you ended up there is I believe you said so that we can be on task. I think. Mm-hmm. so we can be here now so we can be experiencing that that fullness of life right now and uh, not be allowing some impostor to uh destroy us so so thank you brother thank you for for sharing uh, in this way so we've had a, yeah we have a number of questions here we're just going to move right into those um so i'm going to start with um uh, maybe one of our bigger comments that came in here Um, and and it says like, and it goes like this. Um, by the way, if if there's any other questions, you can begin to put them in on the chat here and we'll see if we can get to them. Uh, in, In regards to today's topic, I feel like all the resources I'm aware of on this subject subject mix porn and masturbation together. I believe there are many men and boys struggling with masturbation that haven't been involved in porn. These individuals may not even fantasize about sex. They may simply struggle with natural desire of the body or outside triggers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And basically the person is asking, do you have any material that is tailored towards helping somebody find victory over masturbation that doesn't necessarily involve getting over over a pornography addiction?
1: It's really interesting. I uh, am pretty convinced that the issue is the same. The issue is the same in that we are—we have learned to medicate. We have learned to do something that feels good to avoid hard things.
2: Mm.
1: And so, my way of—my of, way of working with someone who only deals with uh, with masturbation is exactly the same. What are you—what are you avoiding? What are you trying to get away from? And uh, I teach them to go to God. So, uh, and it's common. It's very common for men who are struggling with masturbate with pornography, to downgrade to masturbation before they are able to kick the habit. But the problem is the same. Um, if somebody says, I masturbate without sexual fantasy, um, that might be. But I propose that the issue is the same. It's a learned way. And, and on top of that, <clears throat> masturbation is a selfish thing. It's inward focus. And it stands between me and healthy sexuality as an as a married man. Think about this.
2: Here's a man who gets married at, at 25. He he started masturbating at at 15. He masturbates twice a week. Uh, that's that's a thousand
1: times. A thousand times he has he has worn the rut deep of. Um I'm gonna do what feels good. I'm going to gratify myself. That doesn't prepare him for
2: marriage. Sure. <clears throat> okay,
0: thank you for sharing that. And then maybe uh, I have another question that kind of ties somewhat right into this this idea here. Um for for youth especially. And it says, My daughter's boyfriend recently confessed to her <clears throat> At an earlier point in his life, he would have considered himself addicted to pornography, but it's clean now. And he asked the question: can former addicts stay clean? Should I allow my daughter to continue dating him? Good question. Um, do you remember what I
1: said about the the man who just struggles of the top half of the uh USB is a sin at two different levels? I would say I would say, well, let me just back up and say something else first because I don't want to forget. Any girls that are listening to what I'm saying, when, when, when the boy says, uh, I used to struggle with porn, but I'm not struggling anymore. You should say, thank you very much. I want my dad to talk with you. And, and dad should be asking questions, very specific questions to make sure that it's a thing in the past. I hear it all the time that men men think that they have kicked the habit, but it comes back six months after they're, they're married, <clears throat> and it's not fair to women. I, I say the joke this way: <clears throat> uh, a, a man talks to a, to his girlfriend and says, "I'm living in victory now." What he doesn't say is that it's since last Tuesday, <clears throat> and it uh it's a big deal. So <clears throat> back to the question about how do I know whether somebody is is really free? One of the five things that I want men to be to be true of them before I let them graduate is number three. And number three is I identified the things that used to take me to USB and now i know how to go to god with those things and i don't do it anymore that skill of learning to go to god with the things that used to take me downhill is a powerful thing it's what's happening on the bottom half of that of that uh, uh slide that i showed you and when someone is is consistently making progress there even if he's not quite doing 100% yet i know that that he's going to keep He's going to keep improving, and um, I would say if I knew that man that wants to date my daughter, if I knew that he was dealing with the things on the bottom half and that he's almost almost
2: batting 100%, I'd let him date my daughter.
0: Sure, and maybe, so, you know, we're trying to wrestle with healthy ways to relate to these things and to be proactive. Um, So kind of here we're looking back at, or a question by somebody uh, looking back, maybe, you know, a a gentleman who was addicted to porn 10 years ago, but what maybe another litmus test, maybe Arthur B like, have you confessed this to anybody else? Oh, who is is your accountability partner and Mm -hmm. trying to understand, you know, is this just you and God or have you included some part of the body of Christ, your church, your leader, your your dad around that. Wouldn't that be a good good question? Thank you so much. You, uh I bless you for saying that.
1: That uh, that is an important aspect, and I I'm
0: glad that you said that. I really appreciate that. So you know, for any young young person who's struggling, like don't be scared to go share this. Right, find find an older person, find somebody to share this. Uh, because that's so important when you begin to think about,
2: you Mm -hmm. know,
0: these, these serious things of life and, and building that trust, uh, around you. I haven't, I haven't experienced that men are
1: able to, to win by themselves. There's a, a a pretty prominent elderly gentleman who works for Pure Desire, uh, one of the famous Christian Recovery uh, organizations. He says you have one chance in a billion of getting healthy by yourself. Mm. Because as long as it's secret, and if you think about it, if I have this, if I'm hiding behind a mask and nobody knows who I really am and how I'm hiding, um, when someone says, "Arthur, I love you," it's not going to get through the mask because they don't know who I really am. And so it's important for us to learn to be loved,
2: even with all our things that aren't nice yet. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you, Arthur. I appreciate that. Uh, Here's another question that, that came in. It says, how do I provide security and protection to an individual so it feels safe for them to share a tough struggle they are going through right now? Staying connected with God is needful. Besides this, any helps so on putting this in place?
2: Uh, let's see if I understood it right. The question is,
0: how, how do I in create summary, a safe place? Yeah, how do you provide security and protection so they feel comfortable to, to share, to open up?
1: The people that I talk to, I, I offer them confidentiality. Um, of course, that gets tricky when um, a church leader wants to know how it's going. Um, I think my job, and I want everybody else who's listening that tries to help people. I want. I think my job is to is to reflect the character of God. And so, how does God? Relate to us when we mess up, um, I think he is compassionate but the but the the measuring stick doesn't change and uh, <clears throat> I think one of the most powerful things that I can do this morning I talked about it uh Anabaptist addiction equivalent um, I was leading a local group and since i wasn't struggling that much with sexual addiction, everybody else was talking about their struggles and I just happened to mention that I have an eating struggle i'm I'm ten or fifteen pounds overweight and i said uh, i'm not I'm not fine with that that's not right and uh, one of them said, "Oh, so that's your addiction and I thought a little bit and I said that's right because my clear thinking Arthur says I'm not going to overeat I'm going to stop with just one serving and then all of a sudden I'm I'm eating I'm eating more and I'm eating what I call comfort food so um I think when we tell our story that's part of the the uh, mentor training that I do I have everybody share their story and we we learn to be okay with sharing our story and to, and it's messy um and people who are who are coming to us for help
2: need to know that we are that we are wounded too that we don't have our have our act together ask me again if I missed the question
0: yeah no i think uh, you answered that well and there's a very related question um thinking about those who want to help the question is how much freedom from addiction should a person have behind them Before attempting to help others through their journey. Hmm. And is there concern for mentor relapse in working through the journey of others?
2: Good question. I say it the other way around.
1: One of the five things that I want people to be, to be doing when they quit working with me is I want them to, to be helping other people. I think it's one of the best ways to stay healthy ourselves. If your goal is just to I oh, just want to get this behind me, I Arthur's helping me and I don't want to have anybody in my local church f- find out, just want to get this behind me and get on with life. Um <clears throat> I'm nervous. But if you're if you're able to say, I'm so grateful that uh pornography is no longer an issue for me, uh it certainly was, but it's not anymore. <laughs> People will come to you and you'll be able to help them. So yes, I, I want, I don't think I can say something across the board because, uh, I'm talking to Anabaptists, some of whom are deeply, it has become a problem that is totally uh, unraveling their lives and there's other people it is less frequent. So I don't think I can say, uh, clearly, but I would certainly want them to have consistent progress and to be batting almost 100%. And like I said, I want to see that the things that used to drive them to USB no longer do because everyone needs to go to God with that.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Uh Brian, back to you. Okay. Um, the next, I have like two, well, two,
0: two questions somewhat rolled together. Um, and, and this would be, from, from several sisters who have submitted questions and the idea is more of, of, uh, ladies more of being emotional or maybe we call emotion, emotional masturbation, um, and how they can overcome that, um, what, what resources are out there, uh, to help them, um, discipline, uh, their minds, um, and also, yeah, and just for ladies on, on sexual purity, oftentimes the focus is for men, but women struggle, too, uh, in different ways, perhaps, but real nonetheless, this one sister says. So, uh, Brother Arthur. Yes,
1: um, I want to say as loudly as I can that this is not just a male issue.
2: Um,
1: commonly floated is statistics are that up to 30 percent of women under 30 are dealing with some level of USB. So, but it's still true. In our conservative Anabaptist circles, there's an additional stigma. There's an additional hurdle that needs to be crossed before a girl will say, I'm struggling. So I just want to say you're not alone. Uh, This really is a big issue, and and, uh, we're looking for ways to help you. If you go to my website, hopejourneyguide.com/resources, resu- uh, toward the bottom you'll see that I have quite a quite a list of books that uh, are for women. And actually, within the last couple of weeks, I have put down a list of I have a list of four women who are willing to work with women who are who have either either been betrayed by their spouses. Or, uh, who are struggling with addiction themselves. Uh, they allowed me to put, put their name on a piece of paper and they're willing to talk to people. So I have that resource. I'd love to make that bigger and I'd love to have some, have that kind of a list for, for men, uh, too. But right now I don't know of other conservative Anabaptist men who are doing what I'm doing. And that's why I'm hoping to start a, um, some kind of networking with other men in, in January. Um, Back to your question, uh, emotional masturbation. I don't understand that. Um, What I will say is probably they mean uh, fantasizing about a relationship with somebody. I'll say the same thing is true. That I've been saying about masturbation, about pornography, fantasizing is a way of escaping that uh, keeps us from from facing the real world and living in reality. If G, if what Jesus said is true, that if a man lust looketh on a woman to lust after her, he's already committed adultery in her heart, uh, in 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 our heart. If that if that's true, and I believe it's true, then the damage. It it damages maybe the the external damage is not as much, but the damage is still being done. The damage of uh <clears throat> having your having your brain get warped and you are using it to escape.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> um thank you so much. And yeah, I um you mentioned your the resources page on your website, that probably wasn't mentioned this morning um but yeah brother arthur does have a lot of information over there um on his website uh, under resources um so i think we'll have two more questions here yet uh, and then we'll we'll wrap this up so the the next question is pretty big um and i'll just read it off here and and you can respond uh to that so here's a question i have observed that the church's reaction to porn free love etc movement in the 60s and 70s was an overcorrection into the other ditch. What I mean by this is the hyper-focus on modesty in women's dress. Porn objectifies women, but hyper-modesty also objectifies women because, once once again, the focus is completely on the female body. Porn has brought sex as an idol out into the open, and focus on hyper-modesty has created a sex idol in the closet and hearts of our people. My question is this. How do we effectively teach our men to honor and respect our sisters and to take ownership for their thought lives without placing the blame for their failures on their system, on their sisters in Christ? I'm all for modest stress, but that is not fixing the hearts of men. And then um, the, the, this, the, the last question in here after this, I think you can tie this in is. What does healthy sexuality look like? So, kind of two two big two big things, but I think you can they might might work together. I'll
2: start with health and sexuality. Um, I sometimes tell men um, I could cheat on my wife, and um, she might not find out right away. But the thing that keeps me from doing that is I would lose so much. I would
1: lose so much. I, I have my eyes wide open and I don't want to throw my life away. Healthy sexuality is knowing what I have and knowing that God, what God says about sexuality is not to pen us in and to rob us but Amen. to be able to give us uh quality of life and joy and so mm, I'm saying that healthy sexuality is being able to enjoy what God has given us without uh, feeling sorry for
2: ourselves because we're being careful um I agree with the brothers' comment about and if, if you want
1: if you brothers want to add something more to healthy sexuality, feel free to do that. Uh the brothers' comments about uh uh over focus on that ma- on uh, on uh, modesty. I agree with
2: him, he's exactly right. Um, there is a way, yeah, I just agree with him. I'm not sure what, what else to say besides he's exactly right.
0: Sure. Um, obviously the, maybe the quote here, abuse doesn't mean no use. Like maybe there has been abuse, you know, in, in many churches of just, you know, let's solve our problem by cutting off that leaf of evil rather than going to the root. But obviously, yeah, going to the heart of the matter is, is where, where our focus needs to be. Uh, cause that's, that's where transformation happens and. Absolutely. And uh may God bless you, Brother Arthur, as you work with uh with the hearts of many, many men and um also as you help inspire and challenge others to rise up and engage in this. Um as yeah, as as you mentioned, it's it's a it's a big problem that's staring us in the face. Um one of the brothers at church the other day uh held his phone and he called this a eighteen year old's ex experiment. Um, it's not that long cell phones in our hands access to so much um, good but just incredible evil is just right at our fingertips and so may God give us much wisdom uh, in our day mm-hmm. um, yeah so um, I'm going to wrap up here, up here with a couple of thoughts here right shortly um, but do you have anything else for the Arthur that you want to say and then I'm going to have you close with 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 uh, we'll close closest time with prayer um then but is there anything else that you want to say to the group here?
1: I feel like i was was rushing and and didn't get to didn't say didn't flesh out the part that I wanted to about God consistently through scripture. Um, you see our enemy trying to destroy what God does in the garden. And God says, thank you very much. I have a beautiful plan. I knew this was going to happen. The Red Sea, God tells them to go to a place where they were trapped. And Pharaoh said, wow, this is my chance. And God says, thank you very much. I'll take care of that. The story of Haman and Esther, the cross, and there's probably many more stories. It's one of my favorite messages that I like to preach is that God is always one step ahead. And so I'd like to suggest that even though pornography
2: is awful, men who learn to deal appropriately
1: with this can become better than ever. And, uh, I believe that our enemy will say, I wish I hadn't messed with this person because now he's free Amen. And, and, uh, able to live life the way God planned that he should live. So I just wanted to talk about that. Instead of us having a uh, a feeling of doom, I want us to say if we can handle this right and if we can learn how to go to God with our inner longings and with our hard times, we can develop a relationship with God that's better than ever and we can be powerful for the kingdom.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that word of hope. Amen. And uh, while there's breath, there is hope. And God is merciful and he just loves to pour out his grace, his forgiveness. Um, I just this afternoon as I was, as I was preparing for this talk, uh, I just started writing down verses that were coming to mind. And um, uh, John uh, over here, John, first and one nine. When we, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, scripture is just full of a, of a merciful God that just loves to forgive and uh, give us another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, the righteous man falls seven times, but he, he gets back up. So yeah, um, let's be quick to confess our sins. Not only to our heavenly Father, but James five sixteen says, "Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you that you may be healed." The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have we're we're surrounded by a sea of grace and power, but the enemy so many times wants wants to blind us from that, and we and and wants to think make us think that the way of my heart is is the best way. And um here recently, I just read a book called Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. Um, he's a, a man who out of Portland, Oregon, who planted a church there in that really secular, just postmodern, pluralistic society. And one of the things he says, he says, um, our deepest desires, usually to usually to become people of goodness and love, are often sabotaged by the stronger surface level of desires of the flesh flesh. This is exacerbated by a culture where the widespread wisdom of the day is to follow our desires, not to crucify them. But in reality, be true to yourself is some of the worst advice anybody could ever give you. Here's why. Giving into the desires of our flesh does not lead us to freedom in life, as many people assume, but instead to slavery and in worst case scenarios, addiction which is a kind of prolonged suicide by pleasure. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And um, this, this, this brother just lays it out and it's a powerful book of just um, teaching you how to recognize and resist the three enemies that sabotage your peace, the world, the flesh, the devil. And, um, and so it's been a a huge help for me. uh, And, and he gives you tools of how you can go about that really. And one of the two main things he talks a lot about is just uh, fasting and prayer. Um, Nothing fancy, but uh, these disciplines the church has had for thousands of years. Um, but, yeah, thank you for for all the things you did, gave to us. And um, for those of us who are on here and interested in reaching out to Brother Arthur, there's information on his website. You can also email us, too, if you'd like some more information. So, Brother Arthur, uh, could you close this time in prayer, please? Brother. Father,
1: instead of us feeling doom and gloom, we... Believe that you have placed us in this time in history uh, for su- just such a time as this, and I pray that you will help us to humbly cry out to you for answers and care about the people around us so that um, they too can find freedom and Lord for every person that's listening or will listen in the future to the recording, every person that is is way down and says. I can't kick this. I can't win. I pray that you would give them hope, and I pray that the tools that we're talking about and others more and accountability will help them to uh, move forward with hope and with confidence that if Jesus is my best friend,
0: I can do the next right hard thing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you again, Brother Arthur. Yep, so God bless you richly for your sacrifice of your time to us and to the church. Okay, um, an announcement here, um, two weeks from today, Lord willing, December the 3rd, uh, Brother Adam Boyd from Papua New Guinea, Bible translator there, is going to be speaking, continuing our theme that we have here uh, on sacred writings, and his uh, title is Preserved or Reconstruction, Reconstructed, The Nature of the Greek New Testament so you're welcome to join us back here uh, in two weeks god bless your afternoon have a good day goodbye as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend